welcome to What Am I Rolling, a twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast, hosted by me, Fiona. This is part three of our Going Rogue one-shot, so make sure you listen to the first two parts before continuing on with this episode. Some dedicate their lives to the cause. One day, you will dedicate everything. Those who dream of a better world know one simple, terrible fact. Not everyone who helps build it will be blessed with the opportunity to live in it. Those who put their lives on the line to transmute the dreams of rebellion into reality know the grim truth that to see this transformation occur, they may one day have to give their lives as a catalyst. Going Rogue 2E is a GM-less tabletop role-playing game for two to five players that tells the story of that sacrifice. Jess does an amazing job of running us through Going Rogue 2E. It was an absolute pleasure to have her on and to talk us through her design choices during character creation and guiding us through a full session. So I don't want to dwell too much on those elements here. The main mechanic to look out for is this. Whenever a player wants to take an action, they make a move. Each character role has a set of moves in three different varieties. Vulnerable moves, where they gain a token, strong moves, where they spend a token, and lateral moves, where they give a token to another character. Pillars and NPCs have moves as well, but only vulnerable and lateral ones. Each pillar has its own token pool, but NPCs do not. When NPCs make moves, they act as extensions of pillars. And in the same vein, when a character makes a lateral move that affects an NPC or maybe even a more abstract group or concept, that token goes to the pillar that the NPC or group is attached to. One last thing before we begin. Naturally, there are times in this one shot where the players and myself, mostly myself, get the rules wrong or forget something plot-wise. Whilst we always endeavor to stick to the rules wherever possible, at the end of the day, we all make mistakes, and what matters most is that everyone enjoys themselves. So, with all that out of the way, let's get back to playing Going Rogue 2E. We find ourselves in a galaxy ruled by the villainous Mandate. They sell a dream of tyranny in which the universe returns to the space between's one true way. Meanwhile, the Liberation fights to turn the tide its democratic parliament carries on the undying dream of a better way of life, while its pragmatic intelligence carries the burden of what must be done to bring that dream to reality. We are a crew of unlikely heroes. Ronan Zarato, the liberation spy who fights for a world in which his child does not have to live in hiding, pursued by those who would wipe out any Nova who does not submit to the mandate's vision of the space between. Cat Taylor, the wandering Nova, still mourning her long-fallen comrade and finally daring to reconnect with a higher purpose. The starry-eyed Lobo Santos, a young liberation recruit who bore witness to the mandate's destruction of an entire city just to wipe out one order of defiant Nova, and who truly believes that the liberation can right the galaxy's many wrongs. And finally, Lynn Corrick, the mercenary young thief, compelled to work for liberation intelligence by the capture of her comrade and unrequited love, Camden Allure. 
These are not your charming paragons, but rather the messy individuals who do what they must to make it in the universe and maybe, just maybe, make it a better place. Under the command of the scheming liberation officer, Agent Trinity Highland, our crew has been tasked with recovering an ancient Nova artifact through which the mandate intends to stamp out every tradition other than their own, this time for good. Not even the Liberation's Parliament knows of our mission. It's too risky. It goes too deep in enemy territory, well guarded by the mandate's cunning General Jandi, the same villain responsible for the destruction which brought young Lobo to the Liberation, and who still intends to silence every witness to the so-called gas leak. Our crew must learn to put aside their differences, even as Ronan and Lynn contend with the well-known fact that he is responsible for the capture and interrogation of Lynn's unscrupulous partner in crime and temporary mandate freelancer, Camden. We are cynics and loners, sinners and spies, and the hopeful believer who ties us together. We are not who one might dream would save the galaxy, but the space between has brought us here. We know, even if our tragic characters do not, that they will give their lives in pursuit of this mission. But we also know this. With luck, with skill, with the long overdue realization that this is something that matters, our improbable heroes will turn back the sea and spark the fire that will burn away the chains of the mandate. So, Lynn is being uh, marched away by General Jondi, who Katrina was playing, and I think it's time for us to meet the quote-unquote package to, to meet Rena, uh, just as Lynn has had this sort of heartfelt moment uh, with Lobo. Uh, and I think, Fiona, you were going to take yeah. uh, Rena. Um, so I suspect there is some sort of side room somewhere. I will say interrogation chic, perhaps. Uh, yes. <laughs> Uh, at some sort of sort of table, and she's just sat there very quietly, a very unassuming child, very very short, kempt hair, it just ordinary. I think that's the best word to it, like unassuming. So that mm. if you were looking uh, across like a market or down a street or something in one of the bigger cities or or on any sort of planet, you you actually probably wouldn't notice her, except there is like some sort of like um. Not a coldness or anything like that, but as soon as you are in her space, you are, you know, as soon as you're within like a, I want to say engaged range, uh, close to them, uh, you there's definitely a, a switch as almost like your hairs on your arms and the back of your neck sort of goes Ooh. up, but you're not sure why. She, like, she doesn't look at you or, or stare at you with some sort of hard stare or anything like that. She's completely sort of unassuming of this uh, aura, this vibe that she's giving off, but you know that you don't necessarily want to touch her or for her to touch you i'm gonna count that as invoke awe and gain a token from the space between because i think that's nice. exactly what you just did uh, so yes yeah, so she's just so she's just sat uh just looking down at her hands and then sort of looks up when the general and lynn come in and then i think i say very naively and a little like like i think lynn is looking very anxious mm. did not expect there to be a child here and is like you gave the package to a child John D like looks at her like he thinks she has no brain. Um, just this this yes. like condescending look and says, No, the package is the child, of course. And he paces toward 
the child, but not too fast, you know. She doesn't necessarily move, but as soon as she gets it gets close, again, just this sort of figure, uh, she sort of like flinches a little bit, just to because obviously, who the heck are you? You know, that's sort of like what is going on. She's a bit discombobulated, but doesn't show it necessarily. Like her heart's not on her sleeve. I think Lynn's eyes go wide as John D explains that in a way that like John D's already moving to the child, so excited to have his package and doesn't notice that that Lynn is just like completely shocked by this. Mm. And you can tell that like she is asking herself so many questions about what is happening here. And I'm also adding an additional trait to John D just to give us more Ooh, options yeah. because he is he has become such a big part. Absolutely. Uh, I'm adding the cynical trait, which gives Fabulous. roll your eyes and gain a token, protect someone in a way that goes against their beliefs and give them a token, question someone's sincerity and give them a token. Nice. Yeah. Could I take a token for that uh the look that he gave uh Lynn? Yes, absolutely. Uh so it's like sees Lynn's reaction and yeah. then like rolls his eyes mm-hmm. uh, and puts a token on the mandate. Just like, did you really not know what you were exactly, signing up for? Exactly. <laughs> and yeah, I'll put a token on the mandate. And then you're approaching, approaching. Uh, do, you, do you want to have a sort of NPC NPC dialogue here between sure, uh, sure. the child and John D? John D's not really good with kids. I'm sure you can tell. Uh, but he's very like formal. He stands tall. He stops a few feet away. He's not going to get real close. He knows that this child has is powerful. He's going to tell her, I don't want her, him to lie about her safety. You finally arrived and you're safe here. And I want him to ask her a question. Mm-hmm. Let's just go ahead and start with the basics because I think he just wants her talking um, at first. Uh, so he'll, he'll ask her what her name is and where she's from. Rena. And I don't think it matters where I'm from you right now which is true <laughs> well rena you'll be taken care of here but you know he says it very firmly because by taking care of things he uh doesn't always mean that she'll be alive so he i think here is a fun place for him to maybe also reveal that he's been one step ahead this whole time mm-hmm. um i would love for him to turn to lynn and say thank you for delivering not only this package but yourself to me today. You've made my job so much easier. And I would say that there are then like troopers that come up behind yeah. Lynn to make sure she's held in place. Uh, I, you piece of shit. <laughs> of course, of course. This is just what you do, isn't it? I can't believe I thought that for once someone would just give me a simple job and let me get. And I think we get a little flashback. Mm. Who wants to play Camden? I'll play Camden. Yeah. And I think we are both like 16. Like we're clearly teens. And uh, what are Camden's moves? Just so we have them on hand. Listen in and gain a token. Give someone a juicy piece of information and give them a token. Start a rumor about someone and give them a token. And so like I've just finished saying I should have known I should have known that there'd never be like a job you can just do just an easy way out um, that you can get away from clean. And I would love to cut in on Camden essentially saying we can take this job for the mandate and get away clean. Look, we get this job 
it's from the mandate. We'll get away clean. We'll get our money and we'll be good. We're out of here. And like this, this younger Lynn, you see actually is, is, is still a cynic, but not quite the same amount. And it's like, I mean, they're the ones who did this to our planet. You really think that taking a job with them is a good idea? It's why we have to take jobs like this in the first place. We take their money and use it to fuck them over. We take their money and live better lives for ourselves without them. At this point, it's just, it's, it's a job. It's a shitty job, but, you know, we'll be able to get it. Like, Lynn sits and looks out a window on a planet that just, like, you can see crumbling edifices. You can see people, like, sitting in a hot street in, like, hand-me-down clothes. Like, you can tell that this is a place that has been denied all opportunities and turns back and like puts out a hand towards Camden, but doesn't dare touch her and goes, tell me this is the right thing to do. Tell me, tell me this is what's going to make the difference for us. Let us live a life that's better than this. Just tell me it's the right choice and and I'll believe you. I think Camden has always been pretty good about keeping like their visual emotions in check. Um, but you kind of see like their eyes like flicker a little bit and they're silent for a second, but then they, they take a step towards you and grab your hand with both of theirs, like a uh, cup and just say, then this is what we're going to need to get out of here. This job, we only have to see the mandate once. I'll do everything I can to make sure that we can make that true. And she just like looks up, eyes wide, more innocent than we've seen her at any point on camera now and says, okay, I trust you. And then we cut back. Years and years later, not the first job from the mandate. (laughs) And her getting her hands pulled behind her back, fuming and furious and sad and looking to that child and just mouthing. I'm so sorry. As Lynn is being taken away by uh, soldiers, Irina sort of looks to presumably the back of General Jandi's head, and she's going to do a move, uh, which Ooh. is uh, ask someone a question they'd rather not answer, uh, but give them a token if they tell the truth. Mm-hmm. So she's going to, to Jandi, say... Are you going to make me hurt everyone here? And he'll answer no, because he's not going to make her hurt everyone there. <laughs> the troopers will be fine. I'm guessing Rena detects what in that is true and what in that is false by omission. Exactly. Um, exactly. And we see the face sink. He's going to say you have a much greater purpose than just this place. I think that's a good closing note is like our our big threat, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's nice and ominous. Yeah. So I am imagining um, Lynn gets carted off to whatever cell they've thrown Lobo in. Yeah. So I get like tossed in there very unceremoniously. And Lobo, you see me looking completely unkempt in a way that you have not before. Like I am, usually I am snarky and like very intentionally guarded. And you see me like sort of wild-eyed 
maybe even like I've been crying a little bit before now, but trying to hide it. How do you react? Lobo kind of like gets up and like goes to help you up and she's like, are you, are you okay? Did they do anything to you back there? I'm fine. No, you're not. And look, neither the fuck I am, am I. We're in a cell. She like turns away from you. Can't look you in the eye. It's a child. And I think Lobo like stutters just a second. Like, I, I, what, what? The, the package that I was supposed to transport with Camden, the one we're supposed to intercept. It's a kid. Like an actual kid. I think from there, Lobo like stands up properly and does like a, like rubs their mouth, like face and do the thing where like they sigh into their palms. Just like, oh, what are fuckers? Um, okay, then how are we going to get them out of here? She like sighs. I don't know. This isn't, that wasn't what I was signing up for. And when I took, I thought I was just going to get Cameron out of here, get this artifact and get Cameron out of here. But or or get Cameron out of your jail or whatever you want to call it. But God damn it, I don't want to leave it. I'm going to use the move, evoke someone's sympathy and give mm. them a token if it works. Mm. That's a lateral move. Mm. So you get a token if it, if it works. And I turn back and you can now see like tears streaming down Lynn's face. And she's like, I don't want another kid to end up with a life like mine. Can you promise me that if we get her out of here, she'll have a choice? Not just between the liberation and the mandate, but but what she wants to do, who she wants to be, where she wants to go. I know you're not in charge, but I can't see another... I can't be responsible for that happening to someone else, too. I joined the Liberation because I also was one of those kids. I made the choice because I came here to see the atrocities that this mandate has done to all of us. They've hurt everyone. They've hurt me. They've hurt you. They've hurt this planet. If we can make sure that they do not hurt one more kid, we could get them out of here. They don't need to be part of the liberation, but they need to be liberated. She just like fully breaks at that. Um, can I assume that you came and sat down next to her? She's like sitting on the floor of the oh, cell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think in that moment of you saying whether or not they join the liberation, she needs to be liberated. She just throws her arms over you and like puts her head down on your shoulder and cries. I think I did the move. I think I evoked your sympathy, so you get a token. Oh, yeah, I'll give it, yeah, I'll, I'll take t- Yeah, mechanically, yes, but also my heart hurts. Uh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. No, was just going to, like, put an arm on your shoulder, just, like, comfortingly, not padding, not, like, demeaning, just, like, just... I know it's easier to be cynical when you're angry. I understand. You don't have to be sorry or mad about being angry at the world. But when we get out of here, because we're going to get out of here. You're going to get me a drink. You see her, like, nod her head without showing her eyes. 
And I think that's, that's where that closes. With that, we cut back to Ronan and Kat. Mm-hmm. I want to sort of set up some of our ending arc for yeah. us. Yeah, um, yeah. And then we can choose how sort of Ronan and Kat start putting us on that track, if that sounds good. Sounds great, yeah. So we have said that we want to use the sacrifice fate. And the first step of that sacrifice fate is asking someone to join you on a mission with impossible odds. I was thinking that maybe now that you all have come back up um, to try and find the child, you went a different route and they Mm -hmm. have taken, General Jondi has taken Rena down into the temple for Mm -hmm. whatever ritual that needs to happen. And now that General Jondi knows that we're here, guards everywhere and they are preparing to disconnect the facility from the temple. Once that happens, there'll be no escape if you're down there. Mm -hmm. We know that we're like on the clock in that way. And that however we find that out, then it's the choice of do we go down there anyway, knowing there is probably literally no escape. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have to make that choice and then go try and rescue this kid. And maybe even I'm going a little far ahead, but like that's kind of how this fate works. Because we I think we want the child to survive. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe the idea of we find an exit Mm -hmm. that only works for one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. How does that sound to everybody? Yeah, absolutely. Great. Now we just need to see like how that plays out uh, and and what we how we feel along the way. That's always what I like to say a lot of (laughs) the games is that even when we play in the dramatic irony of of knowing where the plot is going, it's about how do our characters experience it? How do they feel? What does it mean to them? Mm. So. We cut back to, to Ronan and Kat and warning sirens start going off. Uh-huh. And it's like, please exit the umbilical connection between facility and temple. Disconnecting in 10 minutes. Please exit the umbilical. And you see like people running. You see like guards forming up. No one's even paying attention to you now because mm-hmm. this has like thrown such a wrench in things that they're all just trying to get to their posts and then figure things out later. And then I imagine like, maybe we don't have to explain it, how you all figure out where we, uh, where we were. You're just moving through the halls and then come upon like the cell where we are guarded by like two troopers that I assume you could deal with. I I think um, once, once Ronan and Kat put those troopers away and have the cell opened, um, Mm -hmm. Ronan is going to put out like a signal toward um, the intelligence or the liberation. Uh, yeah, the intelligence. He needs somebody in the air over the space because if there is only one way out, someone needs to intercept that kid. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I like this. Here's a thought. Mm-hmm. It's a moment to bring in uh, a little element that we haven't played with much. The mm-hmm. idea that the agent turns you down, says like, no, you are on your own. Mm. And you're forced to go to someone else. And you have Fiona, Kat has that parliament contact, that intern, oh, Winnie Delfo. No. The parliament doesn't know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah. they might be willing if the intelligence isn't. Does that sound like a short scene we want to play out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you said you sent the message and you get back something from Agent Highland, like, too deep in mandate territory. Can't risk an asset. Secure your own transport. I told you that you were on your own. All right. And then Ronan's going to relay this to the group, uh, supposedly as we're getting you guys unlocked and stuff. And I think this is actually a moment where Lynn's like, we have to get this kid out of here. 
and like this is the first Fiona or Cat uh, and Ronan are hearing about that. But then Lynn just or praises right on through and is like, "But there's no way we're getting that ship off the ground here. They shoot it down the first chance they get. If if your contact can't get it, get us off the planet, then I don't know who else to call." I'm open to suggestions. Cat uh, will raise her hand and go, just one moment, or close her eyes. I'm improvising. And then we'll do <laughs> a call, like... Uh, space between Space between, yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> um, and we'll go to, if someone would like to play uh, Winnie. I said during character creation I wanted to play Winnie Dolpho so Please bad. do, please <laughs> do, yeah. Well, where, where would we find Winnie at this point in time, then? Um, I'm imagining, like, in the office... Uh, of the like uh, council person that she works for, like like busily like um, taking people's problems, right? Like she intercepts people's problems and is like, oh well, yes, we'll get that done. Don't worry, um, I'll I'll get it in front of her as soon as possible. Um, we'll, we'll make sure that that you hear. Oh yes, what was that? And like like five things at once, sort yeah, of deal. Easily dealing with it, just like you know your attention's everywhere because you're such a you're such a positive energy. Like it doesn't nothing phases you until I connect to your mind. And there's a moment where we are in the space between a, a void was just you and me, and we're sat at the canteen table where <gasps> yeah. you have, like, talking to me. And I go, Winnie, darling, I'm so sorry to call on you like this. I need a little favour. And Winnie's looking around. Cat, where are we? What is this? It's okay, don't worry, don't worry. It's a lot to take in. Um... I seem to be on uh, the planet Arzen, and... Arzen? What are you doing in Arzen? Like, cutting you off as always. Yes. What are you doing in Arzen? That's mandate territory. We're yes. not even permitted to travel to Arzen. I know, but here we are in Arzen, and uh, we're here to pick up a, a Nova artifact, and we would like some assistance from the Parliament. It is vital this artifact gets out alive. Oh, alive? Artifact... Alive? What do you mean alive? It's a child, Winnie. And for the first time that you have known her, mm. she is silent. She is speechless. Her jaw hangs open and she lets you continue. Now, this is very carefully, Winnie. This is a very dangerous task and I appreciate. I would not call upon you like this unless I was absolutely desperate because I know the Parliament will not interfere. But this child has the power to wipe out any Nova that does not fit with the mandate's ideal. And that is no fault of the child at all, but we need to get her to safety. Whether she's under Parliament's protection or some sort of program to store her away, she's completely innocent in this, but she's being used for purposes that are beyond imaginable and beyond evil. She finally, after a period of silence, nods her head. I know I ask a great deal of you, Winnie, at this point, but you are our only hope. It's... It's not a... This is my job. This is what I'm here for. This is why we do it, you know? If we can't do it in circumstances like this, then why do it at all? Okay. I'll speak to Councillor Zalar. It might take some time. There's going to be a lot of explaining to do. But I'll get you that ship. Just tell me you can get the child aboard. Do that, Winnie. But remember, 
one thing I will tell you right now. As soon as that child is aboard that ship, you leave. No matter what. Of course. I understand. And Winnie, one last thing. I appreciated your company. Sitting with an old fool. Telling me all your stories and stuff, but... I think from now on, I'd like you to sit elsewhere and make friends with other people. I don't want you to be sitting alone like I was sitting alone. And in that moment where you say, I don't want you to be sitting alone, she realizes for the first time what you meant by Mm -hmm. leave as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. And she puts out a hand and I think it passes through yours. Mm -hmm. And she turns it upside down. And leaves it there anyway. Touching your fingers through her fingers. I will, Kat. I promise. The connection will break. And I think at that moment you're back. And in your hand is her pendant. (gasps) I'm also crying. I'm also crying. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And she, like, clutches it and leaps from the chair. Um, And I think that's the scene. Um, It it feels like I'm almost sullying it with mechanics, but that was offer help and solidarity, but only with time. (laughs) Yeah, 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 of course, of course, very important. Yes, so that's a token from the the liberation, or from the parliament to, as I say, to uh, Kat. Okay, thank you. So you'll go to two. Excellent. Uh, more, more for me to win this game. Great, great, great. Yes. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> Winning. Tight, 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 tight. So we have that moment, and you come back into your body, and what do you tell us? Help is on the way. Lobo's going to speak. I was like, okay, when I was checking the system, I'm pretty sure there's, there's like an escape pod. There's at least, at least one was still available in a branching hallway from where that elevator was supposed to be. Mm. get the kid there we could get some safety all right excellent okay we all go down and we all come up right hopefully there's more than one uh i saw one but hopefully there's more because the one it, it's a one person kind of deal oh <sighs> it sets in especially with ronan like first and foremost that like this is probably it and he's gonna need to guide especially uh, the young ones like Lynn through the idea that this is probably it. And so he is, let me make sure he doesn't have a move around this before I just talk. I think there's two lateral moves that might apply. Yeah. Yeah. I was just looking at those. Um, yeah. I think I'm going to go with the second one. Persuade a hesitant individual that an, uh, an action is worth the consequences. He's going to turn to Lynn and say like that child could change everything for everyone. And if we get her out of here, it could change things for people who matter to all of us. I'm going down and I'm going to assure that this mission is successful. You can stay here if you want, or you can make a difference here today and help me save that little girl. And I think she looks back at you and says, I don't know that I believe anything about everyone but 
if we can make a difference for that child, if we can make sure, and then looks at Lobo, and then looks back, that she is free to live the life that she wants to live. I don't know that I can do this for your reason, but I can do that. Do it for that one. And that's also meant to play on the fact that your reason is actually the same one if you want to say yeah. something about that. <laughs> it's a good a reason as any. Um, and I think he says that exactly. He gives her her a nod. So we have we have a, a contact in the scum and villainy area who has probably been to a couple of ruins, given that he is basically a pirate. Does our way down look clear, or is this something that like Ronan would want to like? If he, he just happens to have a contact named Gorsaga Keen who knows everything about everything, would this be a good time for him to go like, I am going to get a map for us? If you'd like to bring that NPC in, totally. I had planned for us to sort of just like broadly narrate making our way down. If you would like to to like involve an NPC, I'm I'm super down to. Yeah, to I'm, I'm down for it as well. So because Ronan's focus is making sure that this mission is successful at all costs, he's going to call in Gorsaga Keen um, over his encoded comms and just be very direct and say like, Hey, I, I need a, a map of the temple on Azen, And I know you've got one. Cat and Lobo. How do you respond to sort of that ongoing conversation about the escape pods and saving this kid? Um, this is by the way, the trigger for our fate, ask yeah. characters to follow you into a yeah. mission that has impossible odds. So everyone has to agree. I see. Well, I see. If they're joining. I sort of look to Lobo. I think could, I don't know, go out with a bang, so to speak. Would you accompany the old lady down? Oh. My legs aren't as they used to be. I know you're lying, but yes, I will go help you. Look, I know you could outrun me any day of the week. Yes, I I will make sure. I'll go with you. Mm. And I'm going to look at Ronan. I'm going to look at Lynn and just... We're getting this kid out of here. Mm -hmm. They don't deserve to be held captive by a fucking mandate. Lynn nods her head intently. And we're all in agreement. Good. And then I think that's where you call your contact? Yeah. Gorsaga key. And we have also introduced a threat standing in the way of our mission, uh, which is the first of the four fate moves. You'll see on the last page I've added the fate moves uh, to the move reference. So the next one that we will do, because they have to go in order, would be reveal the chance to escape within a rapidly closing window. Fated characters must choose individually whether to retreat or forge on to the objective. Those who retreat are spared this fate and no longer share it. Instead, they must live to tell. And so at some point on our journey down, we will get that choice once again. And we mm -hmm. have to really choose that this is, this is what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you call that contact. Does anyone want to play the contact? I'm happy to. But does anyone else want to play Gorsak Keen? I got it. Dusty, go ahead. <laughs> Out of the way. <laughs> no time for emotions. I'm ready for action. <laughs> so, yeah, I think uh, running calls and Grisaga, like, was like, Serato, what? What, what, what's the rush? What's happening? Gorsaga, I am so happy to hear your voice. I am in a bit of a... <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a dire situation right now and i'm looking for a map and i think you're the guy who has one a, a map what do you need a map for it's got you just 
look around. Ronan kind of like, you know, uh, rolls his eyes for a moment and goes like, no, this is a, a bit of a situation. I'm over on uh, Azen right now. Azen. Yeah, an old yeah. Nova temple uh, here. And I know that you are a well-traveled person, a person of the galaxy. And if I needed a map of this particular temple, you would be the person to go to. Mm, I mean, you're probably right, but what, why are you messing with mandate shit? Are they going to track this? No, I'm a professional. Nothing's being tracked right now. Mm, professional. I might get tracked down into the temple, but this right now is encoded. You know, I know your line. Yeah, yeah. Look, a lot of people know my line. I got to be careful. Fine. But once you get back, I need the payment up front, all right? That sounds completely reasonable to me, says Ronan, who doesn't think he's going to live. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And you see um, they're just kind of like typing stuff on this pad. Just like, fine, here. Now, call back soon. You hear? You've always been there for me in a pinch. You're a true friend, Keen. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> and hang up. <laughs> uh-huh. And that is give someone a juicy piece of information and give them a token. Uh, so that's a token for Ronan from the uh, Scum and Villainy. Woohoo! So we've got our map. And I think we all start making our way down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm imagining we get some like montage scenes of like hallway movement and like taking out troopers in a way that like, I don't think we need to spend moves, right? Like this no. is uh, a bit of a formality until finally we are reaching the like essentially airlock between the two, that same door that we were failing to get through before. And we've just finished like knocking out um, a bunch of troopers Uh, around this area and we have one of the like id cards that we need to get through and one of us we can choose which one is holding that id card as the voice from before goes umbilical disconnecting in 30 seconds and and to be clear the thing that that this means is if we go to the facility on the other side we're essentially at the mandates like it's not that we will die instantly if the the temple's not going to explode but we have no way out and the mandate there. Like, we are just sitting ducks. So who wants to be holding the key card ready to open that door in the 30-second window? I guess I'm the thief. I probably picked po- someone's pocket. Yeah, I was going to say, probably yeah, Lynn. Say, yeah, it'll probably be, yeah, I think it would be Lynn. Yeah. Lynn is holding it, but clearly hesitating. Seeing that you're hesitating, Lynn, as Kat will sort of, with consent, sort of, like, move to put her hand on your shoulder and sort of, not using the space between or anything like that. It just does the same thing before saying, it's okay. We're here. Let's do the thing. Let's save the child. Just reassuring squeeze, but a whisper, not using the echo or anything like that. Just give you mm-hmm. that reassurance. I'm going to use the space between move, create an unexpected connection between people and give them a token. And I'm going to take a token. Mm-hmm. And turns towards you using the exact same wording from the scene with Camden. Mm. Tell me this is worth it. Tell me that this is going to be what makes the difference. Tell me that Rena gets away clean. Sweetheart, she gets away, but only if we help. And she shakes her head 
and uses defy someone's expectations of you. Um, the mandates. Slots it in. The door opens up. Ten seconds. Well, let's fucking go then. Quickly. Um, and we all run on through. Um, Weirdly, Cat mm-hmm. is much faster than you, Mr. Spike. <laughs> we can confirm it now. <laughs> you were, Lobo was entirely right. Um, I knew it. <laughs> and just as the last one hops through, the door slams shut on its own on both sides and you hear this loud rumbling as the like facilities engines come to life and it starts to pull away as like the noise attracts our attention and we look back and see the only exit besides that one maybe more escape pod pulling away towards the surface and then we have uh revealed the chance to escape and all made our choice okay continuing onward Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so We descend deeper and deeper into this facility. And I'm imagining that the further down we go, the weirder things get. Like, at first, it's just like the fact that those rocks rocks split in front of us to to open the door just like they did last time. Um, And we're making our way down, once again, dealing with troopers. There was plenty of them that were tasked to come down here and, and guard this. But it starts to get weirder than that. You can see, like stuff just like floating in place we all start to get like an eerie sense of deja vu like all of this has happened before and all of it will happen again to borrow a cliche uh line if it's okay i don't want to do like full scenes but the idea that we start experiencing memories Mm -hmm. we see them overlaid in our vision first in just the corners Mm -hmm. i'm seeing camden maybe cat is seeing Um, her fallen comrade, and maybe Lobo is seeing people from that city that they Mm. knew who lived there. And of course, Ronan is seeing his child, his daughter. And you can see everyone's eyes like darting back and forth as we're doing this, as we're starting to see it more and more. And I think Lynn turns to Kat and is like, what? Oh, what's happening here? What is this? Mm. It's the echoes. Echoes of of what? Of before, of now, and what will come to pass. Things that uh, touch us, our threads to us. It's all connected. And I think as you're saying, um, things that touch us, um, things that will come to pass, things that touch us, Mm -hmm. I actually see an older Camden reach out a hand and place it on mine mm-hmm. mm. and give a soft smile I haven't seen from her before. And like, you just see me sit there like in awe, giving a token to the the space between. Mm-hmm. Um, how is Ronan reacting to this? Mm. <laughs> um, I, I think like right after that moment where Camden reaches out and touches your hand, you hear somewhere in the background, Ronan shakily whispers the name Mira. And he's standing stone still one moment. And then the next moment he is kneeling down and reaching out. There's a part of him, the cynic in him, that's like, I know this isn't real. Like this can't be, there's no way she can be here. But he's still reaching out because this could be the very last time he gets to set eyes on his daughter. Oh, seeing Ronan reach out and kneel down and say that name 
Does anyone touch Ronan? Does anyone put a hand on Ronan's shoulder and Ronan's wrist? My idea is that whoever first touches Ronan in a comforting way suddenly can also see the vision. Mm -hmm. Oh, then I want Lobo to do it. (laughs) (laughs) I think Lobo sees Ronan. They've never been this unfocused on something, I think, from uh, Lobo's perspective. Ronan Mm -hmm. never has, yeah. And so Lobo is going to touch their shoulder and start saying, are you okay? And but, uh, but like when you comes out, they see um, the daughter in front of them now, and just just doesn't say anything now, and maybe squeezes Ronan's shoulder, and I think maybe that unfortunately makes the vision disappear. Yeah, and I think as uh, Lobo squeezes Ronan's shoulder, you kind of see like the streak of a tear just run down his cheek and into his beard. And then he just kind of like closes his eyes for a moment, refocuses and stands up again. I think as you did that squeeze and they disappeared, I think the child appeared for all of us. I think Mira, like Mm. in that moment, there was a flash that Mm. Kat and I catch. And like my jaw drops a little bit. Lynn is willing to stick her foot in her mouth and is like, who was that? Ronan takes a beat like it's, you know, he is not the type of guy who reveals a lot of things to even like his closest teammates um, for both his privacy and like their safety. But he opens his eyes and keeps staring at that spot where Mira was and looks at the child. And he says, that's the reason I'm here. And suddenly Lynn gets it. For the first time, Lynn is able to look at Ronan. Mm hmm. And none of the hostility is there. None of the guardedness is there. Lynn approaches. And I think just uh, puts a hand on the kneeling Ronan's shoulder. Uh, And and Ronan had just said, like, uh, it's the reason I do this. And I'm going to defy someone's expectations of me going down to one token. and, And say, it's a good one. I get it. So Ronan takes in like that quick breath of air to kind of regain his composure because there is a child in the room and he'd rather not alarm. Oh, I was thinking we hadn't quite found the child yet. Okay, I thought we saw the kid. No, 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 it's on that way there, don't worry. Okay, okay, good. Well, he he still kind of like takes that that sharp breath in. He turns to Lynn and he just says, thank you. Thank you for staying. And she smiles, a thing that we haven't seen without any smiles, without a trace of sarcasm, smiles without a trace of a smirk, just smiles um, and nods her head. And I think we, we go on. Yeah. Oh, okay. So now mm-hmm. we get to the bottom of the temple, I think. Mm-hmm. And we come out onto this, uh, essentially like a, a gallery view, right? Like it's a, there's like an amphitheater in the center where that big floating orb that you saw earlier is. Yeah. And John D is down there with a whole like um, squad of troopers and the child in the center who is like seated under the orb, um, like legs crossed. And we come out onto a gallery looking down on this. I think this is going to be Observe that the objective of your mission is in sight, but that Mm -hmm. it lies behind a grave obstacle. Mm -hmm. There are troopers everywhere, like well and truly everywhere. Up the stairs, 
um, that lead down surrounding the center. Like, we're good. We've worked our way through groups of two and four at a time. We're talking like 20 of them just all set up to defend this one position. And I think Lynn turns to all of you, looks to Kat and and Ronan, looks Mm. to the two veterans, the two people who she knows will take care of this child who now understands how important that is to each of you Mm -hmm. and says, okay, you can get her out, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've got a plan then. Plan? You improvise, Lynn. Maybe not the best (laughs) of times. Showing us new things every day, aren't you? Mm. I I think in response to Kat saying like, flicks the knives out again. (laughs) That is the plan. And she vaults over the edge of the amp like um, gallery thing and comes down on top of a trooper. Nice. Mm. And like immediately starts causing a huge commotion. Find yourself cornered and smash your way out. There's definitely a moment where I guess Lobo just goes, goes, oh God, I go, no, not you. You (laughs) do not, no jumping for you. (laughs) But Lobo's just like, okay, but wait a minute. And it also vaults over as well. Oh, no, my other arm. (laughs) And I want to do succeed in something totally new using only beginner's luck. Heck yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I want to vault over and land on a different trooper and then just pick up their blaster and start like just shooting as well. And so the two of us have all of these troopers engaged in this melee. They're rushing down the stairs. They're like all coming towards the two of us rather than the two of you. Mm. And we are at the point we have used the final move, which means all of us have gained a new uh, move. Sacrifice yourself for the cause and show how your final act is critical to your party achieving their ultimate goal. Mm. If there are any players that share this fate, but have not yet invoked this move, you may give them your remaining tokens. This move can be invoked without any tokens. So I'm going to do a quick succession of two moves, which is I see Lobo um, come down next to me and I'm like, Oh, come on, kid. Um, and like <laughs> stab the stormtrooper under Lobo. Uh, and like now I'm managing, I, I found the gaps in the armor now after that previous failure. And I'm like a whirring flurry of <laughs> blades um, going back and forth, um, like taking out arms and legs. One of them uh, is about to come up behind Lobo. And I'm going to use Get Captured which is where I throw myself on top of that person in order to like knock them off balance. But I go crashing to the ground and they start piling on top of me. Like I see people climbing it. I'm still fighting. I'm still thrashing. I'm still like, you see me throwing knives, screaming at this point. Mm -hmm. And finally, um, I'm like, go, go, just go, just get to her. And I use my last move as General John D says, what are you doing? We don't have time for this. Mm-hmm. Take her out. And I turn towards Rena. And Rena smiles at me. And I smile at Rena. And all the stormtroopers above me fire. Oh. <laughs> I will give my remaining tokens to Lobo. John D is like in the middle of the amphitheater, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the kid, though. I think then, as I see the 
the troopers fire upon you. Lobo shouts in anger and despair. And I think I'm just going to, I'm going to keep rolling with this move. Succeed in something totally new using only beginner's luck. See John D in the middle. See mm. all these troopers hiding like away. And they're going to look down, see a grenade that's on one of the troopers' bodies. And going to just without thinking and just grab it. Uh, arm it, throw it at all the troopers and start running toward John D and just look at John D where he's saying, stop wasting time and just like, I am the liberation. And one arm with blasters like firing of like above them. With that, you go charging towards John D, firing above you. The few remaining troopers that haven't piled on top of Lynn are now moving away from the stairs, clearing a path to um like you had a clear path to John D and now they follow you and so uh Ronan and Kat have a clear path to the child and you reach John D and like you're running and you bowl him over and he has this moment of being like you'll never win you couldn't save that your city and you won't take this child from me they're gonna look at them now like kind of like arm above them raising like a fist and then the other hand has another grenade on them. And you're never going to forget why I fought. And going to arm the grenade and basically grab onto, like, put them in a headlock and won't let go. And I'm going to give the rest of my tokens to Kat. Uh, yeah, you explode, Jondi, and leaving this child completely un- unguarded by the mandate. And the explosion is also close enough to that stone in the center Mm. that it cracks. Mm. And when that stone cracks, the entire surface begins to shake. The entire temple. Mm. Cracks began appearing throughout the whole rest of the building as if that stone and the rest of the building were one and the same, as if they are damaged and hurt together. Mm -hmm. And in that empathy, the stone begins to sag Rena moves out from under it, and it drops to the floor, and bits of the ceiling start dropping as well. And you can tell, if you don't get this child out of here soon, the whole temple's going to come down. Cat, Ronan, mm. does anyone want to go next? We have the child crawling away from that center, a few, uh, a few troopers left, and this crumbling temple. Seeing, obviously, our comrades ahead of us, dealing with the majority of them but still seeing the child and seeing these troopers again just this the final stretch of it but i want to make sure that i said a turn to run and i said remember what i said before about the nova and the space between what about it really it's just a fancy word for improvising and i pull out the damaged but functional astro blade (gasps) yeah get her and I sort of go and sort of like we'll use uh what would I do I'll use I would definitely use a token uh, yeah I'll, you can, you I'll can t- use the sacrifice move if you want or I'll, you I'll, use- I'll, I'll use two moves I'll I'll uh st- ah, I will stage a threatening distraction first off yes. and I'll be like looking for me <laughs> and then sort of doing all this weirdly sort of moving whispering to people but then like at, going straight for the kill and mm. at this point I think Ronan you would have seen this that this 
like pain this whole time this sort of you know it's very sweet elderly person you know listening to people's problems but clearly a streak of pain is winning and you think back to that mm-hmm. where she was looking at her fallen comrade of Satine and just the sadness in it mm-hmm. for what was playing was Satine's final moments uh, as she got people out and it's almost replaying it like frame by frame you know you're mirroring oh. the moves until mm-hmm. you manage to get to the child I'll give you your own thing oh. and then she'll do like a final thing where she'll just sort of back her hands together <laughs> blowing the rest of them back but noticing that obviously the roof <laughs> is falling in and she just looks to you and just says go and the roof huge block hits her Oof. and so there was Ronan and I would assume I've got all those points. Um, this is great because along, you know, I will be doing the sacrifice move. But before I do that, I am going to put myself in a compromising situation with no plan for backup and become exposed as we es- escape. So what I mean by that is that Ronan is going to go uh, to Rena and help her toward like the, the closest opening um and essentially like along with you know having his blasters and stuff he is going to be a human shield for her and he is going to locate the pod i assume we know where that is um yeah so he's gonna he's gonna pick her up do you mind if just one point before you finish your sacrifice i yeah. have her do a move you can finish Absolutely. whatever narration you're doing yeah. right now yeah. just want to fly i definitely wanted them to have like a moment together so that that's a great Great. Let me know when you want me to go. Oh, okay. Um, well, I think uh, we can do it like right, right as he like comes to her and is about to pick her up, but like you know gives her a second. And he's like, "Are you ready to go, kid?" You put out your hand and ask, "Are you ready to go, kid?" And she reaches out a hand and touches, mm-hmm. and the world goes quiet, and you feel this strange creeping sensation in your arm, as you feel the way that the space warps around her. Powerful, Mm. possible. It opens up things that you could never fully understand, those things that you felt around your child, but you could Mm. never help her with because you didn't know. And now you know. Mm -hmm. And in response to your question, are you ready to go? She asks, are you? Would you like to see her one last time? Oh. He takes her hand and he wraps his big hand around it. And he says more than anything. Then let's go. And in a moment, you see a flash. Before, your child had been the same age as when you left. But now you see her as she is now, a young woman, the same age as Lynn. (laughs) You see her smiling and laughing with her mom. You see her surrounded by a community of people protecting her and loving her. And she can't hear you, she can't see you, but you can see her. And you know that your choice to let her go, more hard, seems to have given her the life that you wanted for her. (laughs) Um, And I think Rena looks at you and smiles and says, are you ready now? 
Oh man, I'm crying. Ronan's crying. Everyone's crying. <laughs> um, poor, poor Fiona has been sobbing. Oh, I have well. to mute myself, otherwise you're just all you hear is sobbing for the rest of this episode. And this is a rare moment, you know. Tears are are staining the corners of his eyes and slipping into the wrinkles there um, that have become so worn from fighting for so long. And he just smiles for the first time in ages and nods at her. And she nods back. And when you come back, she's already in the pod. You've already loaded her there. Mm -hmm. It's all happened. She's safe. And you know it. And she just says, Thank you, Ronan. I'll, I'll visit her, if you like. He nods and he says, I think you two would be really good friends. And then uh, after like a moment, he says, go out and live the life that you want to live. That's what we wanted for you. She cocks her head as if she hadn't considered it. Yeah, I'd like that. And I think that's when the pod doors close Mm -hmm. and it rockets upward. And as we watch the rocket traveling upward, as we see just the tiniest fraction of Ronin move out of view, the whole temple collapses. Mm-hmm. And then her pod breaks the surface and shoots straight up. It's meant to enter atmosphere. And the camera turns an angle instead of down in the water, it turns up to the sky where you see this liberation frigate hanging overhead, mm-hmm. fighters holding off the mandate as the rocket pulls right up and into the ship. And I think that's our closing note. feelings feelings i feel like that really came together um yeah yeah yeah. i think i think we did good i think that was fantastic like i said at the at the end of our our setup recording you all are really the perfect cast that i could ask for you just like (laughs) knew exactly the sort of drama the sort of love the sort of pain that this game needed and i feel so lucky to have gotten to play it out uh, alongside all of you thank you so much for having us this was wonderful this was great yes this was thank you so much for like walking us through it and just yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh. <laughs> yeah yeah we're gonna have to be like whoa let's uh let's go look outside at the sun for a little bit and... <laughs> oh i'm so happy my blades game just got canceled <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i need a little time to wind down people could go around and, and do some plugs if that's all right if people have the emotional stability to do so uh just because i think that's great i uh, will go mm. if we we'll go uh dusty please Hi, um, I'm Dusty. Uh, you've been hearing me play Lobo Santos, my sweet, sweet boy. Uh, <laughs> you can also hear me in other places if you 
loved this, if you enjoyed this, if you have like any like sci-fi Star Wars fiction, please check out uh, my show on Unwavering Force. It is a Star Wars actual play uh, dealing with the repercussions of being someone intact with the Force after the effects of Order 66. Mm. Um, this should be out after the fact. So I think it's fun to say that actually Katrina, who you'll hear from next, is actually the part of the main cast now. Um, which I'm so in love with their character. It's so wonderful. It's so exciting. So yeah, definitely check that out. We'll be having, we have a bunch of like normal stuff with Pathfinder 2E. We also have some side games that we're playing and all through there. Um, If you want more sci-fi, I'm also cast of Bring Your Own Mech, a Lancer um, actual play. Uh, We've been on being a hiatus, but thank you for Armored Core for making everyone be excited about mechs again. Uh, And you should check it out. It is... A bunch of career disasters playing through uh mercenary just trying to live out their life and also violating really dope mechs. Finally, I'm co-producer and cast of Goblins and Gays, uh Pathfinder 2E actual play. We are more than halfway through our final season at this point, uh, for Blood of Kings, our flagship show. Uh, you should definitely check it out. I think that season three is season four where stuff gets like good, good, like it's good, but it gets good. Um, uh, season three, and there's there's a ton of backlogs, so definitely check that out. Um, you can find me at Dusty Hill. Um, I'm on Twitter, Blue Sky, other stuff. Find my itch at dustyhill.hio. Um, I have a couple games there. Uh, that are some silly, some less silly, but they're fun. They're fun. You tell me you don't want to be a lesbian werewolf crime fighter. I do. <laughs> I do want to be that thing. <laughs> But yeah, uh, Katrina. Woo. Um, so I'm Katrina. Uh, I have been uh, Ronan uh, in this game, uh, but I am also on the uh, Unwavering Force as uh, Lua, an intergalactic pop star with a secret. I can be found all over the internet if you look for Oh Katrina. I have original stories up on Medium, and if you like space stuff, there is space stuff there for you. Um, you can also find me on Pedro Pascal, the podcast about Pedro Pascal, which is currently on hiatus, but we have a backlog of a lot of episodes that you can go watch. And once the strikes are over, we will be back. And yeah, uh, look for me on the internet, always doing all sorts of stuff, including upcoming uh, tabletop gaming marathons and all sorts of neat Star Wars things. All right. And I am Jess Levine. I am the creator of Going Rogue, the game that I was so lucky to get to play with you all today. Uh, And also the recent recipient of the Crit Award, the 2023 Crit Award for Best GM-less Game of the Year, which is still wild and I I feel very honored by. And yeah, you can find that on my itch, which is jessfromonline.itch.io. And in fact, If you are a listener to this podcast, uh, you can get a special uh, bundle that'll be for three months from the start of the the first episode in this series um, for Going Rogue and then Galactic 2E, the base game, and my other Galactic expansion, the Scum and Villains expansion, and Riley, the creator of Galactic 2E's uh, other expansion, uh, Galactic Cyberpunk, all for 20 bucks. Uh, which is like 33% off or slightly more than a, uh, 33% off the whole collection. So if you want to get the uh, Rolling Rogue bundle, it'll be tinyurl.com slash Rolling Rogue. Um, and yeah, I hope you'll consider checking it out. I have other games, like I have The High Ground, a two-player dueling game of banter, posturing, and capes. And when you're hearing this, I will have recently released uh, Planet Fist, 
which is a uh, powered by the apocalypse narrative war game about satirical sci-fi skirmish storytelling. Um, if those words don't make any sense to you next to each other, uh, go check out the game because that's what I hope for. And I, I want everyone to see it and find out what it means to have a, a narrative war game. And yeah, I think I'll leave it at that. Besides just, you can find me as at Jess from online all over the internet, primarily on Twitter and on co-host. And thank you so much, Fiona, for uh, having this game on Ooh. What Am I Rolling? Oh, not at all, not at all. Like, when I'm not uh, pretending to be someone's grandma, I'm crying in a corner. So <laughs> that's very good. Uh, yeah, so obviously, if you listen to this, uh, it's What Am I Rolling? It's a twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast uh, with lots of different uh, RPG systems such as this because these are the stories that we want to tell and we want to use uh, really interesting systems that can get us to do it, to get us to these emotional places without worrying about what the dice we need to use is or what the modifier is, etc. Just such beautifully done. And thank you so much, Jess, for facilitating through our character creation and then for helping help structure the game and then encouraging us to move, use different moves and stuff like that and certainly that final or oh, the sacrifice of I was like this is gonna be sad so I'm already like already weeping and crying but that's what we love about games like this is that it's supposed to do this it's supposed to make you feel things uh, because that's the best part of storytelling games so I just want to say massive thank you to all of our players uh, and I did okay but thank you to everyone to, that's taken part of this and thank you so much for listening and yeah uh, please check out the bundles please check out all of our wonderful casts uh, links and all that sort of thing they'll all be in the show notes and thank you so much again guys I did not expect to cry at the end of this but I am so raw I'm gonna have to yeah like I said go look at the sun or something or watch please some videos please have of, some tea take a break or, yeah have a tea take a break absolutely but thank you very much The What Am I Rolling podcast was created, recorded, and edited by me, Fiona Howard. This episode's players were Dusty, Katrina, Jess, and myself, Fiona. This episode's special guest GM was author and game designer Jess Levine. You can find out more about her work on her website, jessfrom.online. This episode's RPG was Going Rogue 2E, a GMless anti-fascist tabletop RPG about war, rebellion, and making the ultimate sacrifice. You can find out more information about Going Rogue 2E and grab your own copy on Jess's itch.io page. The theme music was 8-Bit March by Twin Musicon of twinmusicon.org, licensed under a Creative Commons 4.0 license. If you want to find out more about the podcast, check out the website. That's www.wairpodcast.com. Fancy getting in touch? Email the podcast at whatamirollingpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, follow the podcast on social media at WAIR underscore podcast for the latest news on upcoming episodes. And remember, adventurers need not apply. <laughs>